Hello and welcome. This is Background Screening Tips and Tech with, with me, Tim Santoni. And today we have a very special guest. Anita Nygaard joins us. Anita Nygaard is the president and lead consultant at Core HR. Anita, thanks so much for joining the podcast. Hi, Tim. Good morning. It's great to be here with you and happy April 1st. No fools today. Yes. <laughs> yes. I've already been caught once. So uh, be careful. Be careful. Um, well, Anita, thanks so much for, for, for taking time to join the podcast. Anita is, is a HR consultant. She's worked with companies uh, throughout California and around the country over the years. Uh, I won't say how many years. I just will tell you she's very, very experienced. She's a great resource to employers. She's a great, been a great resource to our company. Um, and maybe start off by giving the viewers a sense of you, your practice, Core HR, what you guys believe. Uh, is important, what you guys do, and kind of what your clients look like. Sure, sounds real good. Yes, well, thank you for not revealing how many years I've been doing this, but I've I've been doing it over 25 years, so quite a long time as an HR professional. And uh, my, my firm, Core HR, we have been in business since 2014, although uh, I've been consulting full-time since 2004. And we partner with professional services businesses. A lot of our clients are under 100 employees. We provide the three C's, advisory on compliance, coaching and development of the management team, and building cultures that are effective and productive for the workplace. Awesome. Well, in preparation for the call, Anita says that her clients never prep her in advance for the issues and questions that they're going to ask. So she said every, anything and everything is on the table. So we won't go too far with that, but we are going to stretch the limit. So obviously, the, in the last 12 months, the workforces and businesses have changed dramatically because of COVID in a variety of ways. One thing that we wanted to touch on kind of is the California Family Rights Act or the CFRA. Interpret that into English and why is it important and how is it impacting even small employers? As I understand it, it's now affecting employers that are even have five employees or that's right, Tim. And the landscape just changed at the start of this year. So our governor uh, changed the rules on the California Family Rights Act, where employers with just five, five employees or more now need to provide up to 12 work weeks of protected, unpaid job leave uh, for employees if they have covered reasons for the leave. So let's review some of the covered reasons why a team member may have job-protected leave of up to 12 work weeks. Uh, well, it could be for their own serious health condition, number one. That's the most important and probably the most common. It could be that they need to care for an ill family member, and the definitions of family members have been expanded. So not only could your ill family member be a child, a parent, or a spouse or domestic partner, it could be your grandparent, your grandchild, or even a sibling with a serious health condition. Um, you can take new child bonding leave within 12 months of birth adoption or placement. And then also there are qualifying leaves uh, under the armed force, armed, armed force services as well. Gotcha. And Anita, so as I'm looking at this, um, you know, so if they're on leave, can I, can, as an employer, can you terminate the person? I mean, I mean, is that a big no, no? <laughs> well, you, you'd have to have really good justification for terminating someone on the covered leave. The whole reason why it's covered is because now employees are entitled to take that leave um, if they've been with you for one year or longer. So if it's, if it's a brand new employee who hasn't been with you at least a year, and then they, they say that they need to go out on leave, you're not obligated to hold their job open. But we always advise that you look at each individual situation on its own merits 
And then, of course, consult either with an experienced HR consultant or employment attorney to decide the best path forward. It's a gotcha. tricky landscape our state provides yeah. employers here. And that seems like a silly question. And I have to ask because the, 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 the question is silly, but the answer is complicated. And like I say, th- there are so many rules. And that's why I encourage your listeners to reach out to someone like Anita at Core HR to get those answers because there's so many nuances depending on the type of role, how long they've been there, the position, the financial standing of the business. There's so many factors that you need an expert to consult with to get that advice. So don't make those decisions on your own. These are complicated things and they're changing almost daily now, which is crazy. Um, this is true. Anita, so one thing that's massively shift is this remote workforce thing, right? So people are now hiring folks that they never even see, right? They may do a Zoom meeting. They're never going to come into their office. They're not going to interact with with them directly. And they're going to hire them and they're going to be working with clients and doing stuff remote. So in your your experience, how has that shifted employers and how they're potentially needing your services to adapt to that from an onboarding to training to just general compliance? Yeah, great question. Very timely, Tim. So over the past year, when employers had to adjust very quickly to sending their teams to work remotely, um, we, we were all thinking we were in it for a few months. Let's hunker down and get this over with. No one could have predicted then that we'd still be in it a year later. But over the course of the period, there's been a lot of silver linings um, to these great clouds that have kind of hung over us about sheltering down. And that's that employers have been able to expand their geographic Um, locations for hiring employees. So uh, more companies have looked at hiring in other cities, in other states, and employees have relocated as well. So that can bring on complications in and of itself because employment laws follow where the employee is doing the work. So, you know, California presents a pretty tricky employment landscape, but there are other states and other localities that have tricky landscapes as well. So, Um, What we've been discussing with our clients who've expanded out of state is let's take a look at the employment laws that now trigger in those areas or paid sick leave that trigger in those other cities, because it's really important to keep in mind. And not to mention something as simple as onboarding can become complicated when you don't have a manager or anyone who works for your company already in that location, you know, just needing to, to verify the I-9 documentations. You can do it over a Zoom call uh, for the foreseeable future, at least through May. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, just these basic things that we need that we need to do in general to maintain compliance are, are more and more challenging. Um, so as in the background screening world, it's the same similar thing, right? We, the background check, the, the adjudication rules are based on where the person's living or going to be doing the work and there's all these compliance and forms, right? So people have the ability to do that but there could be some benefits and there can be some disadvantages. It would be really important just to know what those are before you make the hire in Texas or Alabama or New York or whatever and understanding what those are. Because my guess is there could be different forms and compliance and authorizations, disclosures, different ways you pay people, payroll considerations. There's a vast, vast amount of considerations that need to be taken before you make that decision, right? Exactly right, including workers' comp. Believe it or not, not every business owner understands that when you hire an employee in another state, workers' comp laws change based on the state, and you do need to have workers' comp in place. So, agreed completely. Wow, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that makes sense. You got to have coverage for those employees in case they get injured or work, and and uh, failure to do that is even more of an exposure. So, got it, got it. Um, so, as we move along here, so in the HR world, I mean, the trends are, especially for California, more and more laws, trickier compliance, but. Give us some good news. What is the outlook for 2021 from an HR perspective? 
Well, the good news here is that I'll start with as vaccines are distributed, and in our state, we've had a pretty positive rate of distribution of vaccines. Like at the time of this recording, a good 35% of Californians are either partially or fully vaccinated. So as more of the population gets vaccinated, we've got the numbers of new cases going down. And just yesterday, we got some good news in Orange County that we've moved up to a less restrictive tier, the orange tier in California. Um, so that allows some indoor office works to uh, in, indoor offices to resume working on site with the safety protocols in place. Um, of course, wherever an employer is inviting the employee to come back and work indoors, you are still responsible for having safety protocols in place of distancing wearing the mask, when, particularly when away from the workstation, and disinfecting to reduce any ability for a virus to transmit. Gotcha. Well, that is good news. That is great news. So you touched on something there, the vaccination, which, uh, which is obviously yes. being distributed. Um, in terms of that, as an employer, can you force an employee to be vaccinated? Really good question, Tim. And we've, we've gotten a lot of these questions um, starting last fall. Like what types of situations would qualify for an employer to mandate vaccine? And for the most part, um, an employer can mandate it if there's a really strong business justification for doing so. So I'll give you a couple examples. Where employees are on the front lines interacting with the general public on a regular, daily, like hourly basis. So that makes me think, of course, of the healthcare workers, but even retail store workers, grocery store workers, People along those lines, um, anyone who's providing services, personal services, um, massage therapy, therapists, what have you, something, even eyelash technicians, things like that. If you're doing that and you're allowed to do it safely indoors, um, those are the types of jobs that would make sense were it to mandate a vaccine. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. And and so, and it doesn't really matter who's paying for it, right? If the employer says we're going to pay for it or it's done privately, that doesn't impact it at all either. It's really just more of the job duties and functions and potential risk. The job duties are really key. If the employer is mandating it, then the employer does need to pay for it. Um, yeah. Oftentimes it is covered under the medical health plan. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, uh, as we kind of navigate through COVID and it looks like as more and more vac people are vaccinated, we're going to be back to work. It will be a different kind of situation. Um, you know, in terms of if an employer does want to get some guidelines around best practices, what are some good resources that you could steer them towards or where can they find information on how to, you know, those best practices to maintain kind of a, a safe workplace? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Um, Cal OSHA and our state have uh, centralized and we'll provide you some of this information so you can provide it to your viewers. They've centralized some resources on a state website to um, provide a checklist for, an, for employers to do a walkthrough in their establishment and make sure that they are identifying and addressing any potential hazards. Um, and, and also just making sure that your workplace is something that can be prepared to welcome people back with distancing, with disinfecting, and making sure that people are wearing masks. So for the foreseeable future, we still have these protocols that we need to follow. Uh, even though the county has moved into a less restrictive tier, we can't yet have a mask burning party. Trust me. <laughs> gotcha. A little early for that. Got it. 
Makes sense. And we'll definitely link up all those resources in the show notes so that if somebody wants to get to those, they have access. Um, and we'll also link up all of Anita's information. So um, when it comes to hiring um, and recruiting and kind of the workforce in general, are you seeing that employers are, are, are trying to, are having trouble finding talent, the talents out there? Like kind of what's the state of the labor market with the, the, the employers that you talk to in terms of the talent pool? That's a really good question. So it, it really can depend on the industry and the type of work. Um, what I can say is that in professional services, for example, in engineering, um, there's been no slowdown. If anything, there's been an uptick in demand. So um, where there's a lot of competition for that same type of talent, that's where it can become difficult for employers to attract and retain. Um, so it all goes back to what type of work-life culture does your company have? Is this something where employees want to stick with you through thick and thin because they really enjoy it? Um, other types of businesses that are hiring quite a bit would be restaurants, some other uh, direct retail, some other direct services types of fields. They are hiring in droves. And so uh, it's, that's good news for recruiters because now they can partner up again with businesses to help fill seats. So that's also good for the economy. Definitely. Great. Great. Well, um, I want to make sure that before we go, that everyone has a way to connect with Anita. You can definitely connect with her on her website, corehr.com. That's C-O-R-H-R.com. Um, you can also track her down on LinkedIn. It's Anita Nygaard, N-Y-G-A-A-R-D. Uh, Anita, thanks for coming on Background Screening Tips and Tech. We appreciate the time. Um, and we will definitely link up all of Anita's information in the show notes below. And, and again, thank you for joining us. Thanks so much, Tim. It was a pleasure. 